As always, a big thank you to Myra Green for her composition, Passing Places. You can find out more about Myra Green on her website at myragreen.com or pop on to bonnytours.com and follow the link on the front page. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Passing Places. If you're new to the podcast, I usually start by saying it's my personal diary about my travels around Scotland, mainly by motorhome but with some uh, motorcycling perhaps soon and with some hill walking thrown in as well for good measure. And this week I'm hoping to get out on my bicycle. And if you're a regular listener to Passing Places, welcome back. Now, even I managed some downtime from the travelling and the wandering around Scotland, so I've actually been at home all week. But I've just arrived today down in uh, Ayrshire, and I'm going to be based in Ayrshire for the week ahead. So on this week's uh, episode, I wanted to talk about touring, some of the advice and tips I might give you for touring, particularly up a couple of routes that I'd like to talk about, uh, heading up the Central and West Highlands and... It's really in part uh, because there's a few people who are coming over to Scotland or in Scotland just now and some people have been asking me questions about where the best places are to go and what uh, roads to take and that type of thing. So I'm going to cover some of that in the episode but I wanted to just as usual do a few shout outs before we get into the main topic today. So now iTunes reviews. I think I've mentioned in a previous episode, there's something like 200 iTunes stores all over the world and it's almost impossible for me to go into uh, iTunes and keep reselecting uh, different countries and trying to look for reviews. But I did check on the US store this week and I found a really uh, positive review from uh, somebody called uh, Libero05, L-I-B-E-R-O-05. So thanks very much for that uh, review on iTunes and the rating. It's uh, really, really helpful. And then on the UK store, there's a couple of reviews I might have missed in the past, and if not, then there's no harm in repeating them, but uh, Loves to Travel too. I said that they were found the podcast really informative and entertaining. And Andrew RB, he said he was also enjoying the podcast. And then just in the last couple of days, uh, Rock Monster, R-A-W-K Monster, said that uh, he was really enjoying the podcast and it was a bit of a, becoming a bit of a minor addiction. And then Woolly Tug, W-U-L-I-T-U-G, said that uh, he is actually addicted. So beware. <laughs> so thank you for all those reviews, all five-star reviews. That's really, really, as I say, helps the podcast uh, become more visible for other people to discover the content so thank you again for that I really do appreciate it now one of my listeners uh, Bonnie Hofkin I think I've mentioned a couple of times she's actually in Scotland up in Oban this evening I believe meeting Katrina who's one of the other listeners Katrina's going to give her a quick uh, night out in the town in Oban and give her some ideas about her trip over to the islands tomorrow so that's a, a nice outcome from the podcast that two people are having a hopefully a pleasant evening in Oban and also, just in the last uh, week or so, I got uh, contact on Facebook from Joyce McNichols, um, also from America. And she's coming over this month with her husband for a couple of weeks. And Joyce was asking me about uh, places that she would perhaps uh, like to get to. And I've ended up, I've sent a little route map of a 
a potential tour around Scotland and I've said that I'll cover some of the places that she might want to try and visit on her trip. I also forgot to mention Susanna from Germany. She's coming over in October for two or three weeks and she's doing a whistle-stop tour around Scotland and she's also going down to Wigton, which is the town famous for its book festival. So she'll be all over the Highlands and Islands as well as in Dumfries and Galloway. And I think she mentioned she was going off to Edinburgh too. So nice to hear people visiting even at uh, some of the quieter times of the year. So that's the main topic for this week. Uh, in the weeks ahead, I'm, as I say, I'm in Ayrshire for over a week and I'm hoping to get back up north again the week after. And I've also agreed to attend another Motorola mini-meet, this time over in Royal Deeside, the last weekend of September. And I'll tell you more about that as it uh, comes up. So if you're planning a tour around Scotland or some part of Scotland, I'm sure your time is precious as part of your holidays and you'll want to have done some research into where you'd like to visit. You may well want to have booked some places and you might even be one of these people that uh, likes to have everything planned out beforehand. So I have the luxury of having a bit more time and flexibility and some of the things I'd say by way of tips about Scotland. One of them is the weather. It changes very uh, quickly, day to day at times and you really do want to keep your eye on the forecast and if you can have a bit of flexibility in your schedule it's worth uh, adjusting your journey to enjoy the scenery on the best weather days. A couple of other things that are worth mentioning is people often worry about getting fuel in the Highlands and I really don't think it's a problem. There are adequate uh, number of petrol stations across the Highlands and the only issue is that they often close uh, in more normal uh, shop hours that we used to have many years ago like uh, 9 to 5, if you remember the days before the big supermarkets. And they often close on Sundays as well, so you need to bear that in mind. Uh, you often won't get petrol if you're driving in the evening, and I've been caught out once or twice myself. So bear that in mind. And another one is cash. Cash is still king. Increasingly across the Highlands, and all the restaurants and hotels you would certainly expect to able to use debit or credit cards but the more remote you go in Scotland it's always worth having cash so top up your cash before you go perhaps uh, make sure you've got a full tank of fuel before you head off but you will get fuel throughout the journey and keep an eye out in the weather a couple of uh, little things if you have a smartphone or an iPhone I use an iPhone but uh, a couple of free apps download the map of the uh, Great Britain or the UK. It's uh, from the OS. The app is called um, OSGB 250K and it's a full map for me of Scotland which is uh, local to my phone so I don't need a phone signal to access it and it'll take me down to a really good uh, level of resolution in terms of showing me the local roads and even without a phone signal the little blue circle for the GPS will flash to show you exactly where you are uh, in Scotland. So that's a really good thing have to have on your phone. 
and also the BBC Weather app, which is quite a new app from the BBC. I have maybe 10 different locations across Scotland, and I can pull up the weather for the day and the next uh, few days ahead. So it's always good to have the weather forecast at hand. A couple of other apps worth uh, mentioning is the Welcome to Scotland app, which is called Scott Guide. You'll get that on the iTunes store. It will give you all sorts of information about uh, places to visit. Uh, it's very good for events if there's things coming up. Uh, there won't be as many events from now through to spring again, but it's uh, worth having. It's a free app. And also Travel Line Scotland is a, a good app to download. Travel Line Scott is the, the name of it. So download that and again it'll give you information on all sorts of uh, bus timetables and trains and planes and whatever. So that's worth downloading. And the other one that I have, my favourite of all, is the, the CalMac app. Caledonia McBrain, our major ferry company and... That app gives you all the timetables and the fares, as well as a live screen on whether any sailings have been cancelled, disrupted or reorganised in terms of the timetable. So download the CalMac app. So Joyce was saying that she'd like to visit Glencoe and I think she'd also like to get to Skye and head up as far north as Ullapool. Now, there's a number of different ways you could go. And she suggested a route to me the other day through Facebook. So I've just come up with a, a similar route, but uh, a little bit of a variation on Joyce's. And I'd just like to run through this one with some uh, major junctions where you have a choice as to what loop or what uh, area you'd like to take in. And it's only one example. The disclaimer for me is that uh, everybody's different. I like uh, some of the more remote areas. People like to visit castles, do a bit of shopping, souvenirs, good food, hill walking, outdoor sports, the, the list is endless. So this is just my one little example. And again, I, I vary this all the time, but uh, an example will give you a, a flavour anyway. So I'm going to head off from Glasgow, from Glasgow and take the A82 um, over the Erskine Bridge and down the River Clyde to Wardston Barton and Loch Lomond. And if you're on that road, watch out for Dumbarton Castle on your left on the banks of the Clyde. It's quite, uh, it's quite a famous landmark, an old volcanic plug with a castle and castle walls on top. And the 82 misses out the main centre of Dumbarton and heads up towards Loch Lomond. And as you enter the Loch Lomond National Park, you'll, you'll come to a big roundabout and you can take a right to nip down into the town of Balloch, which is at the bottom of Loch Lomond, if you need provisions or fuel if you haven't topped up in Dumbarton. And then up the side of Loch Lomond, and I would recommend, a, if you want a comfort break, stop in at the village of Luss. There's a big car park, unfortunately paying display, I think, for the peak months of the year, but probably free from now on. And there's public toilets there. But the village itself has a really nice cafe and some little streets that are pedestrianised and Get yourself down onto the pier on the banks of Loch Lomond and you'll get a lovely view on a good day of Ben Lomond over on the other side of the loch and a bit further north. So uh, Luss is a very popular, pleasant little village for a wander around. And just at that car park there's a shop and a little food outlet for teas and coffees and 
what roles and filled roles and that type of thing. So another five or ten minutes up the Sedlock Lomond we come to Tarbot and the 82 takes a right and heads on up Loch Lomond and that's probably the most popular way for people to go up right up the side of Loch Lomond to Crean Larrick and then take a left for Tyndrum and up into Glencoe. And that's a very pleasant route to go. But I'm going to uh, not take that right at uh, Tarbot and the road instead uh, becomes the, I think it's the 83 and it's signposted I think for places like uh, Loch Gilphead and you take that road so you don't really have to come off the road you're on it just becomes the 83 it takes a very sharp left and heads through a small glen and comes out in the banks of uh, Loch Long the top of Loch Long the village of Arricker which I've mentioned in previous episodes and following that round you come up the what we call the rest of me thankful a very long steep climb up the glen and at the top of that climb you'll find a vantage point uh, a viewpoint where you can park up for 10 minutes. There's often a little burger van there as well and enjoy the views down the glen. There's a little B road that heads off up over the hill just at the car park and I often go down that way and I'm not going to take you down there but it's a, a way to get to the quieter side of Loch Fine and a way down to a little place I like, Otter Ferry and down to Port Avadi with the ferry over to the Mullican Tyre and uh, all round Tinnabruic and Kames, the Kyles of Butte. But we're not going down there, we're going to stay on this main 83 and we head on and you'll go through a lovely glen and out over onto the top of Loch Fine, which is a sea loch. And a couple of things there are worth a, a mention. One's the Loch Fine Ales, which is a microbrewery and they sell uh, beers and, and lager and bottles that they produce on site and they have a little bar there with opening hours. Not sure about the winter opening. And then just round the top of uh, Loch Awe, there's, sorry, Loch Fine, there's the Loch Fine Oyster Bar, which is very popular with tourists. You can go in there and buy fresh fish from the fish shop as well as the, uh, there's a garden centre, but the, the main thing is the, the restaurant cafe itself where you can uh, enjoy some Loch Fine Oysters. I would uh, tend not to eat in the Loch Fine Oyster Bar, preferring to head on to Inverary. And as I say, it's only another 10-15 minutes up the road and as you come round, you're on the, the other side of Loch Fine now and as you catch sight of uh, Inverary for the first time, it's a lovely uh, white-coloured set of buildings facing directly towards you. It was a planned town built by the Duke of Argyle, I think the 1700 and something. And it's uh, quite picturesque. But just before you come to the, the town itself, you'll see the town right in front of you and you come to traffic lights over a narrow, single span um, arched bridge. And if you get the chance to go over the top of that bridge, just uh, glance over to your right and you'll see Inverary Castle. So I wanted to take to Inverary because it's a particularly out of season, I like it. It's a nice little planned town. There's a pier and harbour there with a the maritime museum. There's the castle, which you can visit. There's a, a walk up to a folly on the hill above uh, Inverary, which is a good vantage point. You can see that in one of my videos on YouTube. But uh, there's also a the couple of other things that are worth mentioning. 
visitor attraction wise there's the Inverary Jail which is really good uh, experience particularly for families or kids but the main point is the the George Hotel I am often in the George Hotel in Inverary it's a hotel in the main street with uh, open fires and some lovely bar food and if you do want to stay the night some really quirky high quality bedrooms with uh, freestanding baths and antique furniture and four poster beds and all that type of stuff I can't recommend the George highly enough as a stopover and even in winter I would seriously recommend giving them a phone call as soon as you can even weeks beforehand to see if you can book you may well be lucky if you turn up on the day but uh, it can be fully booked even out of season so I'd certainly recommend a stay at the George if you're travelling from Glasgow it's not too far 50 miles or so but that might be a reasonable first stop depending on when you head off now the 83 which is the road that you've been on to Inverary heads on down to Loch Gilphead and to the Mullican Tyre and we're not going to go down that way within the town itself there's a, an archway uh, which heads now what's the road number I can't remember but it's really signposted for Dalmali and Oban and we're going to head up that road and after half an hour or so that will bring us out onto the banks of Loch Awe which is a huge uh, freshwater loch famous for its large trout and uh, for me, just as you reach the top of Loch Awe, you'll come to a fantastic uh, ruined castle sitting out at the top of the loch, uh, Kilchurn Castle. Keep your eyes out for it. There's a couple of, I wouldn't even call them laybys, but uh, areas just off the road where you can park on the gravel and you'll get hopefully a good view of Kilchurn Castle. Now you'll arrive at T-junction. Now we're the 85 here which uh, a left will take you to Oban which is uh, one of the most popular tourist towns in the Highlands as well as the gateway to the islands and to the right we're going to that road takes you back to rejoin the 82 uh, that we decided not to take earlier so we're going to take the right and if we continued along that road it would take us to Tyndrum or Tindrum which uh, puts you back on the 82 but just a, a few miles along that road you'll go through the village of Dalmali and a couple of miles again you'll come to a little single track road signed on the left for Glenorchy and this is a fantastic single track road I'm guessing off the top of my head 10-15 miles long and it uh, follows the river Orkey up and rejoins the 82 a little bit further north in Tyndrum at uh, Bridge of Orkey it's a fantastic river for uh, waterfalls and pools and it's maybe not quite the salmon river it used to be but uh, lovely, lovely place to stop off on a good day and just uh, enjoy the river have a picnic and for me some wild camping spots in the van so if you don't mind single track roads uh, go up that little shortcut to Bridge of Orkey alternatively just take the 85 to as I said Tyndrum and you take a left you're now on the 82 which is going to take you up through Rannoch Moor which is spectacular to Glencoe and onwards to towards Fort William so let's assume that uh, by either route you've ended up at Bridge of Orkey there's a Bridge of Orkey Hotel which you can't miss because that's about the size of Bridge of Orkey 
the hotel and a few houses scattered either side of the main road. Now the hotel has been renovated in the last maybe five or ten years and it's almost a boutique hotel. But I like going in there because the they have a wood burning stove. And if I'm on the motorbike I'm often cold and dripping wet. And you can get hot soup and a meal at various points of the day, but even a coffee. And it's a perfectly pleasant place to stay the night. All the bedrooms have been completely upgraded and refurbished. And if you're into camping or hill walking, there's a bunkhouse attached. So the Bridge of Orkey, certainly recommended. Bridge of Orkey Hotel. Rushing on, we're now heading up towards Rannock Moor. Fantastic, desolate scenery. Uh, plenty of bog and lochens and mountains coming into view. And uh, one of the things you'll pass is the ski centre just before the King's House Hotel. Ski centre's on your left. Now, we don't have snow, proper snow yet for skiing, but uh, one of the nice little trips you can do is go up to the ski centre. There's usually a big uh, fire in the hearth there and you can get uh, food, but really a chance to go up on the, the ski lift. If you'd like to, out of season, just get up above the, the hills if there's good visibility. It's a great way to see Rannoch Moor and many of the surrounding mountain ranges, so there's a wee option to go up on the, the ski lift. Uh, I would probably avoid the King's House Hotel. I don't want to be negative about uh, anywhere, but I've stayed there, I've visited a number of times. I'd uh, give the King's House Hotel probably a, a miss and head on up towards Glencoe. Now, as well as the, the wonders of Glencoe itself, I'm sure you've seen the photographs, there's plenty of two big car park or three car parking areas you can pull over and enjoy the the views of the three sisters but there's also the Clahagan which is a signposted on the right hand side and again very well regarded and well thought of for its food and uh, they do accommodation there as well and taking the 82 we'll now arrive at the at Glencoe village and you'll get the the sense of, or the site of the Balahulish Bridge. Now Glencoe Village has a cafe, a couple of cafes, there's one on the left as you head along the 82 which is very good, has a little uh, art gallery on the first floor as well as a conservatory and the cakes and soups and everything there are very good. But uh, whilst you're at Glencoe Village you can take the the detour the, down to Kinloch Leaven. Uh, Loch Leaven is spectacular, the mountain ranges that form the horseshoe around uh, Loch Leven. Uh, depending on the weather and your time, you could head down to Kinloch Leven on the south side of the loch and round the, the north side and back up, and you'll arrive back at the other side of the Balahulish Bridge. Now, there's a fantastic uh, sea fish restaurant, and I'm trying to remember what it's called. Something very simple like um, Loch Leven Sea food, something like that. It's about four or five miles from the rejoining the 82. So we're on the 82 and we're heading up towards Fort William and we go through a village of the village of Onich and you'll see accommodation in hotels everywhere as we're heading as we get nearer and nearer to Fort William but here's a big decision to take. You can stay on the 82 and, and get yourself to Fort William but I will often take the little Ardgour ferry which takes you over to Ardnamurkin which is a huge expanse of uh, highland 
the Highlands, which is very, very um, spectacular and quiet and has very few people and full of single track roads and peace and quiet and sandy beaches and so it goes on. So I uh, would certainly recommend, now that I'm thinking about it, that any visit to Scotland, if you can manage it, certainly in the West, should include a, a ferry, at least one ferry. So the little Argour ferry goes over, it's a five minute ferry trip, it's about for a, it's per vehicle rather than personally, it's about £7. So head over on the, the ferry, that's the way I would go, if you've got the time. If not, just go up to Fort William on the 82, but uh, Fort William, I'll tell you about Fort William on the way back. So I'm going to take you over into Ardnamurkin and head down to Strontian and then up through Ardnamurkin heading for Arasig and we're not going to go right over to the furthest uh, west westerly point of the British mainland which is again is a great uh, great trip we're just going to head for ultimately Malig and the ferry over to Skye so follow the route up through Ardnamurkin and as you get to uh, Arasig, the new road bypasses the village and the old road which uh, hugs the coastline. Make sure you take a left and go down into Arasig and along that little road you'll come across some fantastic views of the islands off to the west and some lovely um, campsites if you're in a motorhome or talking about camping. And then just as we reach a T-junction, right is going to take us back to Fort William and left will take us to Malig and one of the, it's almost a compromise, but one of the things we've missed out by coming this way is if we had gone to Fort William and taken the left for Malig we would have passed Glenfinnan and the Glenfinnan Monument which is, uh, is erected as a memorial to the Jacobite uprising in 1745 so if you want to do a detour from that junction you can head down to take a right and go to Glenfinnan, see the monument and the visitor centre and then come back on yourself and head for Malig. Now Malig, in my memory, many years ago was a very busy uh, fishing town or fishing village with lots going on and a huge number of ships or boats in the, the harbour and those days have in many ways gone. Still a fishing fleet. Um, see what you think about uh, Malig. You can get the steam train from Malig to Fort William, but uh, I'm not sure about the winter time. But we are really looking to pick up the ferry over to Skye, and the, the ferry goes every hour and a half. And I'm trying to remember, uh, maybe for a car and two people, you're talking maybe 30, 35 pounds. It's a, maybe a 40 minute crossing, half an hour, 40 minute crossing. I'm just hearing a, an aeroplane flying overhead. I'll just uh, continue. Now in Skye, you're now on the island of Skye. Uh, a place I would really recommend is get yourself to the Elgol, which is, if you dig out the map of Skye and look for Elgol, or go on to YouTube and see my video, The Road to Elgol. Yeah, from Elgol you can take a boat trip and uh, do some hill walking. 
uh, you can certainly more details online about the, the various boat trips and options in Elgol, but it's uh, well worth a visit. Also in uh, Sky, get yourself to Portree, the main town in Sky, and the Trotternish Ridge is well worth a visit, as well as uh, Dunvegan Castle. Um, and the Three Chimneys restaurant, uh, look all these up online, they're all worth a visit. Three Chimneys is, uh, as far as I remember, a Michelin star restaurant and booking certainly well advised. Now, once you've exhausted the fantastic opportunities in Sky, and you say you could stay a week, two weeks in Sky, you take the bridge over uh, to Kyle of Lacalche, which used to be the ferry. So you head over the Sky Bridge and uh, we're heading for the fantastic little village of uh, Plopton, which is on the shores of Loch Carn, which is a sea loch. So as you come into Kyle of Lacalche, watch out for a left signposted for Plopton. Now, one of the most iconic, probably the most iconic castle in Scotland is Elan Donan Castle. I'm sure you'll have seen the photographs of it. And again, another little compromise is that we've come, uh, we've not taken the, the road from Invergarry to Skye. We've come the other way, so a possible detour, and it's not too far, is to head back on the A87 for the signposted, I think, for Invergarry and Port William, but head down the A87 to Elendoning Castle. And depending on the weather, it will dictate how beautiful it looks. But uh, a great photo opportunity. Now you take the little B roads up to Plockton, and Plockton is a fantastic little village. A couple of really good hotels, great food and there might well be some live music if you're lucky in one of the hotels and some great bed and breakfasts within the village really is a, a bonny spot to spend a, a few hours or a, an overnight if you uh, have the time and if you want to stay in Plockton again I would probably suggest you'll be fine out of season but you might want to do a little bit of research and book one of the hotels or the bed and breakfast establishments beforehand now from Plockton we're going to head up to Loch Carn and up through Torridon and this is some of the fantastic scenery that we're beginning to approach as we get into the northwest part of Scotland. Much of the road is single track and you'll, as I say, I don't think you're going to meet much traffic at, uh, even in the summertime but certainly from September, October onwards the road will often be uh, you and nobody else. The etiquette about passing places is that uh, keep your eye well ahead in the road and try and judge uh, how far it is to the next passing place and if it's uh, on your side pull in before the car coming in the opposite direction reaches you and allow it to pass. If you find looking in your rear view, rear view mirror there's nobody behind you and then you look again and there's somebody there, they're obviously travelling faster than you so at the next convenient or safe passing place just pull in for a second, indicate and pull in and they will know that they can overtake and they'll often wave or flash their lights in recognition of the fact you've pulled over so passing places, you'll get used to them uh, you'll find that you don't drive anything like as fast in terms of distance travelled per hour but uh, 
it gives you more time to enjoy the landscape and the scenery. So, as I say, you're heading up through Loch Carn and heading up through towards uh, Loch Torridon. So you travel on through Glen Torridon. Uh, again, fantastic scenery, and you'll come to a T-junction, and we're taking a left here for Gairloch. And it's the little hamlet of Kinloch U, a little petrol station and cafe there is where I bumped into Brad Pitt. But we've uh, we've done that story to death. <laughs> so onwards to Gairloch. Again, good little place to stop, stay over. Petrol. Um, the Brad Pitt story was that uh, you'll get petrol at Kinloch U on a Sunday. You won't get it in Gairloch. So Gairloch is a... Uh, Again, it's the scenery, and these little villages have uh, various types of accommodation from hotels to bed and breakfasts, and just a fantastic scenery is what we're after. And then on from Gairloch, again, fantastic uh, scenery, and you pass along the side of Loch U. And we're really now heading the final steps towards Ullapool. So onwards from Gairloch, it's a fantastic uh, scenic route uh, all the way to Ullapool. But as you come along that uh, road, as we get up to the top of the, the glen and top of Loch Broom, there's a... Before you get to the T-junction, there's the Corrishalla Gorge, which is now a visitor centre and I haven't been across that bridge in many years because I'm scared of heights but it's a little uh, foot, footbridge, suspension footbridge over the gorge which drops down, uh, must be 100, 100 metres plus certainly and uh, I would only walk over it if I was there on my own because uh, you rest assured as soon as you're on that bridge somebody else is going to come on it and start bouncing up and down so it's quite a substantial bridge but uh, not my cup of tea but uh, Drop off at the Corrie Shallot Gorge and when you reach the T-junction, now we're now, it's quite a long drive from, from Gairloch, you take a left and you've got maybe 10-15 miles or something I'm guessing into Ullapool and Ullapool itself has got a whole range of accommodation and hotels and bed and breakfasts and good uh, places to eat as well as a, a campsite and you can jump in the ferry for the long haul over to Stornoway on the Isle of Lewis in the Western Isles and you could start a whole trip down through the Outer Hebrides and into the Inner Hebrides and back to Oban and all sorts of permutations but we're going to turn around in Ullapool and head back and this route's going to take us back from Ullapool to Dingwall or there's a shortcut will take you directly over to Muir of Ord because from Dingwall which is a reasonable sized town and becoming more and more famous for its football team Ross County uh, we're going to pass through Muir of Ord and again head for Bewley which is another nice town and this little route for me is, is probably to allow me to avoid Inverness now, as a tourist, you'll probably definitely want to visit Inverness. So at any point in this route, but probably the best one is at Cone Bridge. You can take the 
the signposts for Inverness and from Inverness you would then take the 82 heading back down towards Fort William. So the 82 is going to take you all the way back down to Loch Lomond in Glasgow from Inverness. But let's say you make the decision if you're visiting Inverness, a very large say town, it's now a city and uh, everything you'd imagine for a city. You can watch the dolphins out in the Firth. You can visit Inverness Castle and uh, try your hand at all sorts of shopping. And Inverness is everything you'd need. I'd need to do a whole episode in Inverness to cover it. But uh, on this little trip I'm going to nip down the side of Inverness from Conan Bridge to Muir of Ward and on to Bewley. And there's a, a great little back road takes you over to Drumnadrocket on the banks of Loch Ness. So if you're ever uh, in that part of the world and you want to avoid the the quite heavy congestion in terms of the work traffic that can happen around Inverness at certain times of the day, uh, you, you want to come down through these small towns and villages to the west of Inverness and down on to Loch Ness at Drumnadrocket. And at Drumnadrocket you can visit the I think there's at least two different Loch Ness monster exhibitions and if you're lucky you might see the monster. Just south of uh, Drumnadrocket is Urquhart Castle which again is a very famous and very popular tourist destination. Huge big car park there and you can spend a couple of hours on Loch Ness. Heading further down Loch Ness you'll reach Fort Augustus which is really well worth a, a stop. You can watch the, the boats coming up the Caledonian Canal and going through the locks at uh, Fort Augustus. There's uh, some good places to eat in Fort Augustus as well. There's a pub, the name of it escapes me, right on the the locks. There's a set of locks just running at 90 degrees to the, the main road. Uh, the main road gets closed to allow the, the boats through for maybe 20 minutes at a time. But uh, wander around Fort Augustus and it's a uh, very touristy little town really, you'll get all your souvenirs and things you want to buy in Fort Augustus. And then we're off down the 82, past Loch Lochy and on down towards um, Fort William. As we get nearer Fort William you'll come to Speen Bridge and the Commando Memorial, which uh, commemorates all the soldiers that have fallen in the, the main battles, particularly the two world wars. And on a good day, and I mean probably, uh, you could count one hand, probably the, sorry, two hands, the number of days that you'll get fantastic views of Ben Nevis because Ben Nevis is our highest mountain and it's uh, covered in mist, summit certainly for most days of the year, but you might uh, be lucky and see the top of um, Ben Nevis. And as you're heading again for Fort William, there's, uh, we mentioned the, the ski lift in Glencoe, there's the gondola ride, which is a, a great way to get up the side of the, the mountain. And there's a cafe up there as well. Um, I don't have prices, I haven't actually been in the gondola ride, but it's very popular. It's a, basically a cable car ride uh, up the side of the mountain range, just to the, the north um, west of Ben Nevis itself. And then into Fort William. Now I lived in Fort William for, for five five years, worked there and it's got all the tourist attractions you can imagine in terms of shopping and accommodation and places to eat 
and it's a large population relative to the surrounding villages. Uh, there used to be a number of industries operating in Fort William, but it relies mainly on tourism and the all-year uh, attraction of hill walkers and climbers and skiers. And uh, So we'll stop off in Fort William if you fancy it, and then we're back down the 82, and before you know it, you'll have passed the little Ardgour ferry that you took, which took you onto the Ardmorkin Peninsula. And we're heading back down through, over the Ballyhulish Bridge and back down through Lenko and Rannoch Moor. And the difference here this time is that when we get to Tyndrum, we're going to continue and head for Crean Larich, rather than back towards Dalmali and Inverary. So we're heading for Crean Larich and... Often people, when they reach King Larrick, will return down the side of Loch Lomond. But uh, if time allows, I would suggest that uh, instead of taking the right in Crean Larrick for the 82 south, continue on towards uh, Calendar. Uh, what's the signposted for? I think signposted Calendar certainly one of them. But uh, take that road and 10-15 miles up the road there's a, a slight detour off to your left to the village of Killin, and for me the Falls of Dockert are one of the uh, nicest places in Scotland to sit for uh, half an hour and enjoy the falls and if you've had a wet time in Scotland this is where you'll get uh, payback because the Falls of Dockert when there's been plenty of rain are really spectacular it's uh, like uh, like these rapids that you see in the movies with the big inflatables coming down, all sorts of uh, parts of the river all come together and thunder under the bridge uh, in the village of Killin. So I'd certainly recommend a detour. It's only five, ten minutes off the road down to Killin. And then you double back on yourself and you head up uh, You head up through a place I spend far too much time in, which is Glen Ogle, cycling, walking, motorcycling and I'm passing through in the van all the time so through Glen Ogle and down to Loch Ernhead now again you could take an option here going left and heading for Creef and out towards Perth which is fantastic and slightly different scenery Perthshire uh, much more um, gentler scenery but some fantastic places to visit but we're going to head down into the, the Trossachs so down through Loch Ernhead and down through, where's the next place? Strathire. And then on down towards Calendar. And you'll come, just before Calendar, you'll come to a little place called Kilmahog. Now you can go down into Calendar. And from there, head back towards Stirling. And back down towards Glasgow. But I'm going to take you a slightly different route, which is take a right at Kilmahog and over towards Aberfoyle. Now, the road from Kilmahog will take you around uh, Loch Venecher and up over the what we call the Dukes Pass and down into Aberfoyle itself. And an option in summertime is to, on that road, is to take the little dead-end road up to Loch Catron and take the, the steamship sailing on Loch Catron. But unfortunately that ends in September, so that won't be back on till the spring. So Aberfoyle's another uh, touristy village, gets very quiet out of season, plenty of parking. 
And from there we're going to just head from Aberfoyle or if you've gone from Calendar, head for Stirling. And if you have the time, it's time to visit Stirling Castle, which uh, runs Edinburgh Castle a close second in terms of its uh, quality and its uh, popularity in terms of uh, visitors. And the uh, castle has undergone some major uh, restoration work. And if time permits, final visit would be to the Wallace Monument near Bridge of Allen. It's only 5-10 minutes from Stirling Castle and it's one of my favourite monuments in the entire country. Uh, it's a, a tall tower with three internal floors and a viewing gallery on the top. And as I say, if you get the chance to visit uh, the Wallace Monument, then please do so. Again, just south of Stirling, five minutes to Bannockburn, famous Battle of Bannockburn, and the 700th um, anniversary of the Battle of Bannockburn is in 2014, and the entire visitor centre is being completely redesigned and rebuilt and will be completed shortly. And the monument of uh, Robert the Bruce and all the area on the battlefield has been uh, restored. So I've still to see what the end result of the work is, but it looks like Bannockburn is going to be fully open again sometime in the early part of 2014. And now if you were heading back to Glasgow, to Glasgow Airport, you can pick up the M80 and it's a quick return to Glasgow. So that's a bit of a, a rush round a, a particular way to get to Ullapool and back and there's plenty of other permutations and it's just a bit of a ramble from me but I'm really putting it out there for you to come back at me and say look how about going here, what about this place, give me some recommendations of places to um, wild camp in my van, places to eat, places to visit and if you're somebody who's coming to Scotland and you want something more specific or you want more information on that quick run through then please, please do get in touch and I'm happy to correspond by Facebook or Twitter or by email or by comments on my webpage. So I'm going to uh, call it a day from here and just remind you that you can contact me at uh, Bonnie Tours on Twitter. You can go onto my website at uh, bonnietours.com. You can find me on Facebook. There's a Facebook uh, group. Just type in Passing Places Podcast into the search box at the top of Facebook and join the group and join the conversation along with others. And I just wanted finally to thank those who'd been using my affiliate links, my little Amazon shop. I mentioned in each episode as a way to offer a bit of support to the podcast and I don't get to find out from the stats uh, who people are or where they've come from. I do get a very brief uh, summary of the products and I wanted to make a special thank you to whichever listener bought the iPod. I wasn't sure they still made iPods but who bought the iPod in case because that was quite a big ticket item and brought in £7.50 for the podcast and that uh, I've got a smile on my face because that's the type of sum that helps uh, pay for the hosting and 
it's uh, every little penny counts in terms of the contribution and if you do shop through Amazon through my site you can access the full Amazon site and it doesn't uh, affect the price you pay but the podcast gets a little, I think it's 5% commission. So thanks to all of you who've used the Amazon store and I look forward to getting back in touch with you all next week. In the meantime, if you're out and about in Scotland, like uh, Bonnie and uh, soon Joyce and Susanna and others, then uh, get in touch and I'll be of whatever help I can. I might even manage to bump into you uh, somewhere on your travels. So stay safe, drive safe, and we'll speak soon. I'll play out with uh, Mary Green's composition, Passing Places. Thank you.